0: Okay, you can be able to open up your Bibles to uh, Galatians chapter five, and uh, I'm going to try to do this with a sling. I, I don't have to have the sling, but it still hurts to bend my arm straight and stuff. So I'm going to try to do it with it. I may have to take it off, but we'll see. So we've been in Galatians chapter five, and of course, you know, if you've been here the last few weeks, you know, we, Paul is dealing with a lot of issues with the churches in Galatia the churches that he helped to establish on the first missionary journey and he went back on the second missionary journey and visited some of them and found out that they were dealing with some issues right that they had some that had crept in and said you have to be circumcised you still have to be circumcised as a Christian and and you have to keep the law the old law right and Paul has to rebuke that he has to refute it so that's what most of this letter is about telling those who are Christians that you have freedom in Christ Jesus. You have liberty in Christ Jesus. You don't keep you don't have to keep the law anymore. It's not about keeping the law. Yes, the law is our tutor. The law shows us right from wrong. The law reveals God to us his nature, his character, and how we should be living our lives. But it's not about keeping that law. It's about being free in Christ. Loving him, doing things, keeping his commands because of our love for him. And so he's dealing with this constantly and he's gonna continue on today. And one of the things he's gonna deal with this is, he's saying, who hindered you? How did this happen? I don't understand it. And you know, and it's, it's not unusual to see in a foot race, right? Uh, you know, you, you watch the Olympics or something and you see one of those distance races and you don't see the little things that are happening perhaps up close, right? You know, you think, well, it's just whoever's the fastest, whoever can endure it but you don't see the jostling that might be going on, you know, the bumping each other, the hindering, and that goes on in those races. There's a lot of strategies you don't see on TV, right? In fact, I have a little experience with that. Back when I was a younger man, uh, late 20s, early 30s, I was into running. I was doing a lot of races, and uh, <coughs> I was probably, we lived in snubble at the time, and I was probably running one or two 5Ks or 10Ks a month there for a little while. And I got myself in pretty good shape. I know you don't believe that to see me today, but at the time I was in barely good shape. And there was this one race I ran in Snellville once, a little 5K right up there in the city of Snellville, started in the shopping center up there, went back through some neighborhoods and came back and ended in that shopping center. And when you run these races that often, you tend to see people at these races that you've raced against before, because you kinda, you, depending on what level of uh, fitness you're at, you kinda end up running the same times, you know, you're, you're pretty close to the same times. And there was this older gentleman there who I had seen many times before. I never met him. I say older, he was gray-headed, so I assumed he was a little older at the time. And we were running this race in Snuble, and I, as we were coming up the last street there, what I would do was I'd try to say, okay, i want to pick somebody. I wasn't going to win the race, of course, but I'd try to pick somebody out getting close to the line. I said, I'm going to try to catch that guy before the finish line, see if I can beat him. And just a little competition right there at the end, right? And uh, this gentleman happened to be up ahead of me. And so it was going to narrow down into the parking lot there. And I think they had some fences or something right there at the entrance because it was really narrow. It was just enough for maybe two people to get through there side by side. And as we entered that entrance to that parking lot where and it was probably another 50 yards to the finish line, I caught him. I caught up to him, right? And he's turning like this and I'm coming to a side and he saw me. And as soon as he saw me, he raised those arms up and he started doing this. And he was banging me in my chest trying to keep me from getting around him. I had never experienced that. Of course, it threw me for a loop there for a minute. But that stuff does go on. I, Of course, I, I didn't let him keep doing it. I, I, I kind of knocked his arm out of the way, and I beat him by about 10 yards after that. <coughs> but that goes on, right? Those are the things you don't see. And that goes on in foot races all the time. You, there's been some great races in the history where some famous person was supposed to win the race, and he got tripped. You know? It happens. And so that's... <coughs> kind of a, an example of what we're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's a different analogy right there, right? But that's what Paul's getting at here. Let's read a few verses from Galatians 5, beginning in verse uh, 7 there. He says, You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion, does not, th- this persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind but he who troubles you shall hear his judgment, whoever he is. And I brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. So Paul's expressing a concern here about the Christians in Galatia being hindered in their spiritual race, right? He refers to it as they had run well, right? It's a race. It's an ongoing thing, something that's not just today or tomorrow, but it's a continuous effort that they're having to deal with. The word here for hinder is anacopto, which I think I pronounced that right, which means properly to beat or drive back. In other words, to knock somebody back, right? And it means to hinder or, or check or, or retard their, their growth or, or pro- progress. And you can think of it in an Olympic race, somebody coming across the track and just knocking somebody out of the race. That's the kind of word he's using there. That's the kind of example that he's using. Well, (coughs) believe it or not, we're in a race. We're in a race to the finish line. The goal is heaven, the crown of glory. And it's something that we have to continue to work on. In fact, if you want some verses to talk about it, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and see what he says there about it. About Paul has to say about that First Corinthians chapter 9 he says in verse uh, let's see verse 24 he says do you not know that those who run in the race all run but only one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain it and everyone who comp- competes for the prize is temperate in all things now they do it to obtain a perishable crown but we for an imperishable crown Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. In other words, Paul's saying, we're running a race here. We've got to be disciplined. We're constantly learning. We're constantly trying to grow. We're constantly watching out for ourselves and others. It's a race. It's ongoing. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. Let's see what the Hebrew writer had to say about it. Hebrews chapter 12. And let's read a couple of verses from that chapter. <coughs> Beginning in verse 1 there, he says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, before the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're running a race, folks. We're, we're continuing on. We're enduring. We're progressing. And yeah, John, at the end of John, uh, John tells us we, we can live abundantly in this life, but it's something we have to continue on and on. We can't give up, right? And we do that by keeping our eye on whom? Jesus Christ, of course. The one who died for us, shed his blood, allowed us to have that hope of that eternal crown, that eternal glory. Well, interesting concept, right? That we can run a race, that as a Christian, we are in a a race, not, not so much a competition like you might think of, right? But we are constantly striving, we're constantly learning, constantly growing, else we're dying, right? Well, some interesting concepts we might get out of this, right? As Christians, one of the things we gotta be careful of since we are running a race is that we don't hinder others, right? We don't raise our elbows up and start knocking people back. We gotta be careful about that. Go back to the first few verses there in Galatians 5 and let's read what Paul said about what they were doing, what some of these folks were doing. He says, first one, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes uncircumcised that he's a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. What's Paul saying there? What's, what's the point there? Well, he's he's getting after them a little bit, for they you know, they're they're allowing themselves to be hindered. But he's also saying the problem here is we gotta be careful about what we're teaching too. Right? We don't have people coming in and saying you gotta keep, you gotta be circumcised. That, that's not something we worry about today. But we do have false doctrines don't we we do have people who want to preach something that we don't see in the word that's a concern that's something we have to be careful about (coughs) paul there in verse seven says you ran well who hindered you from obeying the truth this persuasion does not come from him who calls you in other words these are not from god this is not from christ jesus this is coming from false teachers this is coming from folks who want to hinder your race, want to knock you out, want to block you, right? So that's something we have to be careful about. We have to be careful about what we teach, how we teach others, the doctrine that is teach taught, and we have to be careful of what we hear from others. If someone's telling you something, you need to go aware to the scripture, right? You need to make sure what they're saying is true, right? We understand the scripture to be inspired, we understand the scripture to be from God, And if someone's telling you something different, we need to be wary of that. And we need to be careful of that ourselves. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. Let's read something else from over there. Chapter 15. Chapter 15. And let's move down to verse uh, 33. I know you've heard this many times, but it's worth reading it again, right? 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Wow. Paul's saying, if you're going to hang out with evil company, it's going to affect you. You're going to be hindered. And then if you're not careful, you're going to hinder others too. Hmm. I'm sure we can all look back through our lives and think about some folks that we hung out with for a little while, right? That perhaps were not very good influences, right? In fact, who may have uh, talked you into doing something that you should not have done? Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's some of that, right? Yeah, I, I can think of it in my life, I know that. But that's what he's saying here. Be careful who you hang out with. Make sure what you're hearing from people you are friends with are telling you the truth not teaching false things. Another thing he mentions here that's interesting, another thing that I want I want us to see is turn over to Proverbs uh, chapter 18 real quick. And this is something that that's kind of along, it's not exactly the dealing with the false teaching, but it's something along the lines of what we're talking about here. <coughs> uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 9, he says, He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Okay? Who's slothful in their work? Well, you might think of that as a Christian as we're being let easy. We're not getting to work. We're not serving, perhaps, in the kingdom like we should be. That's what perhaps is meant by that proverb. Or along those same lines, right? So it's not just perhaps living sinfully. Not just perhaps teaching false doctrine, but it's being lazy, slothful, not being of service. Remember the three things, the triangle, right? You gotta be in prayer, gotta be in the word, and you gotta be in service. If one of those is broken, we're in trouble. We're not gonna grow. That's all part of that growth process as a Christian. Right? To be of service, to be in prayer being the word. So, this example can be something that we have that can affect others. It can be something that others can affect us with. And it's something that we need to be wary of, even among our Christian brothers. Right? We can be affected by our own brothers and sisters. I hate to say that, but it's true. It's true. Perhaps there's a lot of things that can be talked about among brothers and sisters, right? A little bit of Gossip going on, you know? Something that might be said that you get caught up in it, next thing you know, you got a fight going on. Or next thing you know, it's affecting your ability to serve because you don't want to work with that person anymore. You know, They're your brother and sister. I mean, you're gonna be in heaven with them one day, right? (laughs) Interesting concept. Gotta be careful about what we say, and we gotta be careful about what we do. We don't wanna be hindering folks that are running the race. So in different ways, we can easily become a hinderer to those who are running. Well, how serious is this? Is this this really that big a deal? I mean, you know, people, they have to count for themselves. We're not gonna be accounting for folks and when we get to the judgment day, we gotta account for ourselves, right? So is it really that big a deal? Well, let's see what Paul has to say about that. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 5. And let's just see what he said. In verse 6, he says, Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Jeez. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, but since you are truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ is. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This is an interesting point Paul's making here, right? You get something going on in the brethren, between the brethren, the gossip, whatever, it's just a little leaven, that's not a big deal. But you know how leaven works, right? It rises, and it can affect that whole lump. Uh, next thing you know, somebody else hears something, you got something going on, next thing you know, the whole congregation is reeling from it. Yeah, it's a cancer. It's something that can spread, it's something we gotta be careful about. It's very important not to hinder those, especially who are weaker, brethren. Similar how one is running and may jostle another who or bump into another, That's how the living works, it affects everybody. So things creep in, things get in here, things that can hinder one person can grow and spread and cause issues all around. Well, guess what? Not only is that important to keep going back to Galatians chapter five there, what did he say? Just read it. (coughs) Chapter five, let's go back to verse 10 there, he says, I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment whoever he is Paul's saying if someone hinders you they're going to be judged for it Purportive, right? If someone is bothering you if someone is affecting your race they're going to have to account for that Lord takes notice of those who are hindering folks. And it matters not who they are or who they think they are, right? If anyone's doing it, they're going to have to be held accountable. God is going to hold them accountable for that. In fact, let read on in verse 12 here again. He says, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. That's an interesting verse, right? What does he mean by that? Even cut themselves off. Some would say maybe that Paul is, has a mind that they would emasculate themselves, right? That they would remove themselves from some role. Perhaps he's talking about someone who's in a position of leadership, perhaps an elder or, or a, someone who's a preacher or, or going around and trying to evangelize. If they're hindering somebody, he's saying perhaps they should remove themselves from that role, emasculate themselves. Get out of that role because they're affecting too many folks. Or, maybe he's just saying they need to cut themselves out of the community of the church. It doesn't necessarily reference to someone being disfellowship, right? It sounds more like he wishes that they would just leave, right? It's kind of interesting that he would say that statement, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty bold statement, right? But he knows how important it is. He knows how that person, if they're doing that, is going to affect the whole body of the church, the whole community of the church. So it's an important thing. It's something Paul's having to refute. He's having to address with the church in Galatia. He'd wish they cut themselves off, right? Those are strong words from uh, uh, the pen of a pen a man of an inspired apostle, right? <clears throat> something we need to take to heart. Again, we need to be careful. And if there's something we find ourselves in that is hindering folks, that might be some advice we need to take. Might be something that we need to look at removing ourselves from some kind of situation, perhaps. Yes, sir. <clears throat> may not even realize what they've done until someone calls them out on it or something. Yeah, exactly. Very good point. Very good point. Well, <clears throat> we hear that from Paul, that it's a very important deal, that no one should be hindered. We're also going to hear it from our Lord. Turn over to Luke chapter seventeen and let's read what the Lord had to say about this. Luke seventeen and beginning in verse one. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses are going to come or should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Pretty powerful words coming from our Lord, right? It's an important thing. He doesn't want you hindering those who might be saved. If you're hindering someone, you should have a millstone rolling around your neck and thrown in the sea. That's a pretty powerful statement coming from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? I guess that means it must be something that we need to think about and be careful about, right? Hindering those who are running their race. What else did he say? He's got a few other things to say. Turn over to Matthew 25. Let's see something else. Matthew 25. Let's begin in verse 41. He says, then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you're hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them saying, But surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. If we're not helping those who are in need, we're hindering their salvation. Yes, sir. Yeah, especially when you put that butter and the brown sugar on it after it's risen up. Yeah, exactly. Great point. Yeah, it can go both ways. That's absolutely right. <coughs> God, I mean, uh, our Lord says there's going to be judgment. If you've hindered someone from being saved, better to have a millstone rung around your neck. Also, turn over to Acts 9. I want to see something there real quick. <coughs> see what what's going on here in Acts 9. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters, this is verse 1 by the way, and went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found anyone who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven and then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me and he said who are you Lord the Lord said I am Jesus whom you're persecuting it is hard for you to kick against the goats I'm reading this to point out what the Lord said about the Christian brethren who were being persecuted he didn't like it he didn't like it when his followers were being hindered from running a race especially those are being killed. He doesn't like it. And he goes and tells Paul. Of course, he had a purpose for Paul, right? We know that how that worked out. That's the point. He doesn't like it when those of us are being hindered by others. Well, those are strong words. We need to be concerned about hindering our brethren. How do we avoid becoming a hinder? right? How does that something that we can stop or keep from happening? You know, as Kurt was just saying, we may not know sometimes when we're hindering someone. may not even realize it. One thing is to give careful attention to our example. First Timothy 4, Paul encourages Timothy. He says, give attention to our attendance, perhaps. Are we coming to worship? Right? That sets an example, doesn't it? When you come here, unless you're just blind, you're, people aren't going to see you. Well, if you come here unless everybody's blind, I mean, somebody's gonna see you. I'm not sure what I was trying to say there, but somebody's gonna see you, right? You have an example. People see how you're living your life, it may affect them in a positive way, right? That's one way we do that. Example we have set influences others to be faithful or maybe slothful. There's that word again. Are we at work? Do people see you being of service and of course we don't we're not of service to be showing things we're not to be showy right we're not to go out there and say I'm so great I'm doing so much work but we are to be serving humbly and through that there's gonna be people that are gonna see you. there's gonna be an example that's gonna be set right through that service And they're going to say well so-and-so's getting after a little bit maybe i need to start doing some stuff how can i be of service you know one of those other ways example of attending service of the church how how is uh how is that uh propagated what's the motivation what is something that we should have set right in our life Our attitude, right? First and foremost. You know, we can get upset about stuff. Our attitude can get bad. We can say, "Um, I'm not gonna go worship. There's a bunch of idiots up there, a bunch of jerks. I can't worship with those folks, you know? That can happen, right? It starts with us inside, our attitude, our heart, right? Of course, first and foremost, we're keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ, what he did for us. If you think about it, What does it matter what somebody else does to you or or says to you, or how someone treats you? Jesus Christ died for you. And that's all that really should matter, right? If you're going to heaven, in this life your goal is to get to heaven, then what does it matter what somebody does to you while you're here? Yeah, of course, you know, people can get up, you get up, nothing wrong with getting upset a little bit. If somebody says something bad to you, But if your attitude is right, you're gonna be forgiving of that person. You're gonna be willing to let that go. You're gonna be flexible about it, right? Because it doesn't really matter in the end. All that really matters is getting to heaven. So if you have that perspective, if you have that attitude, then it makes it a little less of a, it makes it easier to keep from hindering folks, right? Makes it easier to let things just roll off your back water on my back. Now, this crowd, a crowd this big, I know there's some folks in here that have been offended by somebody else. Maybe not in here, but in the church. I know it's happened. We can be a little mean to each other at times. But if you have that attitude and that perspective, it shouldn't hinder you running your race and it should allow you to set a good example. Remember what Christ did when he was What he said about if someone hits you on one side, turn the other cheek, right? Yes, sir, Brother Bob. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, Brother Bob. He had a great example, didn't he? Absolutely. As long as we have our eyes on him, what happens to us here should not affect us. And it should help us to keep from affecting others. All right. Well, I know that's not necessarily something that's easily done. It's a lot easier to talk about it than to do it, especially when someone has treated you in a really bad way. But that's something that we have to keep in mind. It goes along with having our focus on eternity and it goes along the way we live our lives daily. Remember, we've talked about it a million times. What should we be doing daily? In prayer, we should be in prayer. We should be in the Word, and we should be of service. If you're doing those three things and you're doing it out of an humble attitude, out of an attitude as I I have been saved, I could do nothing, I was hopeless, but my Lord has saved me. Now I'm going to do everything I can to help others to get to heaven. You're going to be good. Yes, sir. Yep. Right. Yep. That's all we can do. Absolutely. Kurt was talking about Job. Yeah, you want a great example of someone who was willing to do whatever, Job is it. I was just having a discussion with someone just this past week about that. They were wondering if their <coughs> sins could have been causing some problems they were having physically. And of course Job's the great the great book to go to when you're wondering about things like that. It's not about the why, it's about the who, right? It doesn't matter what happens to you. God doesn't promise us, health, good health. God doesn't promise we're gonna be rich. All he promises is if you finish the race, you run the course, you're gonna have that crown of glory in eternity with him. And if you can keep your eyes on that, first and foremost, nothing else really is gonna matter. Yeah, I know there's some folks in here who've been pretty sick. I know you've been through some stuff. It didn't feel too good the other night when I landed on that curb. But in the end, it doesn't matter. Yeah, this, there's going to be stuffs going to happen to you here. Sin came into the world, and therefore, because of sin, we're living in a dying world. Things are going to happen here. There's going to be problems. As long as we can have that attitude of Christ Jesus, his willingness to sacrifice for us, our willingness to live for him, nothing else really matters. Paul even admonished young Timothy there in 1 Timothy 4 to give attention to the study of God's Word. And that's another point I want to make here. Kind of already made it. But we have to be in study. And not just reading. And that's a good thing if you're reading. But you know how reading can be. Especially when you're sleeping and you need to go to bed if you're doing it. You can read; I can read 20 pages and don't even remember even doing it sometimes. You know how that is got to be in careful study of it. You need to be studying what you're reading and thinking about it. And I, I know it's been said many times, right? But I can study something and I've read that passage 10,000 times and all of a sudden something will jump out at me that I never, I never even remembered. Oh, okay, now I see it. You got to be in study. That's one way to keep from hindering folks. One way to be an encourager of others. Give attention to the proclamation of the word. Be careful what we say, all right? Be careful what we preach. We need to be teaching and preaching, giving out the gospel message, but we gotta be careful how we do it, what we say. Make sure it's in accordance with the word. Is what we tell others going to help them get closer God? That's a question right there. That's a good question to ask yourself. And what am I telling, if I want, is what I'm telling others, what I'm sharing with others going to help them get closer to God. We either hinder or help our brethren in Christ, especially those who are running the race of faith, right? They can easily be made to stumble. There's lots of things that can happen to a person in their Christian walk and their Christian race, right? We need to be careful about that. Paul even says there, as I mentioned, he wishes that those who were hindering them would have cut themselves off. Sometimes we might need to do that if we're not being careful. We should be a source of great encouragement to one another. If we show how wonderful it would be we were together for eternity. If you think about that, if you think about it, you're going to be spending eternity with these folks, maybe that'll help you keep from hindering them. <laughs> and that doesn't mean everybody's going to have personalities that just get along, right? I know that, but that's not the point. The point is they have a soul, just like you do. They need to spend eternity with God, or they're going to be in the other place. You need to be careful not to hinder them, and cause them to stumble. As Paul said, he had finished the course, or finished the, uh, he had run the course, finished the course. I can't remember. You know what I'm saying. I'm being like Joe Biden. I'm saying something. Just know you know what I'm saying. All right. Thanks for being with us today. Our time is up.